Hey guys, welcome back to the Where the Light is podcast, the podcast where we work to illuminate things in the Word of God. We illuminate things in the spirit realm and we work to strengthen believer as usual. I am Ruben, your host. It is an honor to be able to come to you today uh, and give this word. It's a special word. One that is surely <laughs> gonna step on some toes, snatch some wigs, um, whatever. It's gonna be in your life today. It's gonna be in your life today. This is a heavy hitting word, and so I hope you're ready. I hope you're contained. You got your seatbelt on, ready for this bumpy ride. So before uh, I get into the subject and start off, let's go ahead and open up as usual with prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you today for the opportunity to come together to be able to minister this topic, to be able to hear the words you have to say, that they aren't just words from mere mortals, not just words from me, not just words from anyone, but from straight from the throne room of grace and the throne room of God and straight from your lips. Help my lips, help my words cultivate things in the people who are listening and weed out the things that don't belong help bring clarity help bring a fertile heart and a fertile mind and help us today help us tomorrow help us for surely you said you will we thank you in advance in jesus name amen so like i said today we have a heavy heavy hitting topic today's topic is on the subject which i entitled quit playing church The title is Quit Playing Church. Too, too, too far too often do we see um, the church becoming a sect sect of man-made traditions, of man-made things, of idolatry, of just things that don't belong, things that we have made up and we call it spiritual, we call it church, when in reality... The spirit of the Lord is not backing it. So often it has become that our nationalism, our cultures, our upbringings, our opinions, are the things that are not in the word of God have come up and have cultivated, have shaped, have molded our churches. And this message is responding to that. It's time to step past that. It's time to step into the new realm, the new place we have to go. As you can tell from the pandemic, from the things going on in your world right now, in the world right now, you see that things are being exposed. You see that churches are no longer normal. They're no longer operating in a realm where it's normal as normal church. uh, Churches no longer hold people necessarily, hold people the same way they used to. Uh, Things are seemingly going back to the Acts 2 church, the Acts church who held cell groups, who held uh, people in their small groups, in their houses, individual meetings. You see and uh, it's being exposed, those of which who had power, those of which who had access to the Lord, and those who are just playing. Today, we are going to speak on that. We have heard multiple words to, from to and fro, speaking of this coming revival. Speaking of this coming revival, well, I have a message for you, modern church, modern day church. This coming revival and end time harvest nearing, they mean nothing if you're not if you're not coming to terms and and uh, 
acting. It it means nothing to you if you're not required to work, required to move, uh, and and you don't do those things. You don't act on those things. But we are made in this coming time to move as never before and to move without hitch or distraction, without hesitation, without barriers, without a roadblock. So with this, I start my point. It's time for the church to come back to the basics. It's time for the church to stop being a tradition. It's time for the church to stop being ritual, a ritual-based, man-made thing. People partake in once or twice a week. It's time to get rid of the theatrics, the extra performative things, the performances that have been placed to make us feel, feel good, feel churchy, but yet we walk in no discernible power. Times are getting darker, people. Times are getting rougher, and the world is looking for the supernatural. They are looking for other means. They are. That's why you have so many people operating in the occult. Many people are are running and trying to find means to fulfill that craving that's placed in them, that God craving to, that's placed in them for the supernatural, and 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 we have a church. We as the church have failed to do anything about it. It's time. It's time, people, it's time to step away from the things that have been holding us down as a body and step into the things that are necessary. Jesus is addressing the church he did in Revelation. He did this in Revelation. He is addressing the pitfalls and the toxicities that need to be done away with. A move is coming, people. A move is coming and judgment must first be done in the church. Judgment must first start in the church. See, God's judgment... When we hear about judgment, we we shudder, we we get weird, we get itchy, we we um reject it. But see, God's judgment, his his judgment is not like our judgment. Remember, his ways are not like our ways. His ways are higher. His judgment is not one of wrath, anger, hatred, and petty mo- uh, motives, but a holy righteous anger against the things that hold down his children and hold down his people. God is judging that of which is holding down his children. It's a righteous judgment towards the things, the spirits. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the things, the principalities, the rulers of the world, the darkness of the age. He is wrestling against, he is calling and condemning and judging the things that have been holding us down. He is judging those idols which have been placed in the pulpits of America, placed in the pulpits of the world. No longer will the pulpit be an idolatry. No longer we see people and we look at them and we, we raise them up. As celebrity, celebrity Christians, no longer. This is the time of the multitude. This is the time where people will stand together, band together as the church and no longer rely on the pastor, no longer rely on one person, on the man of God. But we will utilize that office and we will bring and step together as a organization, as a body, as a group, as a a, a ministry that is one, a fivefold uh, thing becoming one. What I find funny about traditions, we see that that the church is riddled with tradition. What I find funny about tradition and churches in general is, if we were to go in the war, if you take if you take like this uh for a parallel, if you were to go in the war into a war and you stick with an old tactic, and let's say the war the war is in 2020, 2021 and we go in um, with an old tactic. We go in with um, horses, um, knights, and knights' armors, uh, swords, knives, uh, catapults, trebuchets. 
we go in with an old tactic, we'd be so useless. We would be slaughtered and marked ineffective. And we would look stupid while doing it. Well, you would weigh yourself down like a knight. You would weigh yourself down with unnecessary weight of a past thing. When now the 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 um the pace of war is sped up to where we have to act and move efficiently, move in a different way. You'd be um, weighed down with the things of the past, the past tactics, and open for attack because you're so sluggish. This is why the Lord said he's doing a new thing. Because as the world evolves, as technology comes out, as things progress, the Lord is using those things to spread the gospel. He's using effective tactics and strategies for an appropriate time. We have to know times and seasons. We have to know... um, Uh, what's going on and how to operate effectively in the spirit and in the physical yet we as christians find ourselves like this we find ourselves sticking to the ways of the yesteryear and we look foolish because we have not we have now begun to create a culture that was effective in the past but time has now passed you by and you are stuck in that old wineskin move on with the lord and discern the times and seasons the things of old no longer work efficiently the way things of the new have now i'm not saying throw away the past i'm not saying throw away the things that work i'm saying that we no longer can operate in 1902 when we are in 2020 discern the times and the seasons see i was doing a bible study last week with my group and we spoke on isaiah 29 and Matthew 15, that's the, the scripture talking about, um, you know, we see Jesus quoting Isaiah 29, which is talking about the city of Ariel being uh, destroyed, being uh, attacked. Excuse me. Uh, the city of Ariel being attacked. And uh, Isaiah goes on to say and prophesy that your actions and your lips speak of me, speak like they're close to me, but your heart is far from me. And. If you look at that situation, it goes on to say that basically you will, you're acting like you operate and you're close to me. But then when things come up and if I were to give you a book, I'll give something, a scroll to be read to those who are literate, you will be so blinded you will not be able to see. And those who are illiterate will be um, obviously illiterate, so they're not able to read. And so that is the level leveling of the playing field. For those who thought they were wise in their own eyes, and yet they were operating out of religion, out of a traditionalism, out of their place of like ritual. And Matthew 15, the Lord says the same thing. He says, you are so busy keeping the statute. He's talking to the Pharisees who are having a problem with his, um, his uh, disciples not washing their hands. He says, you are so caught up with the tradition of men that you miss you overlooked and you're you're um, not following the law and the commandment to honor your father and mother. You you take the money that should be going to your parent and you give it to the church and you dis you um you abuse the people around you who you should be taking care of. And we see through these two paragraphs, through these two um, scriptures, through these to these two um, situations that when we are so caught up 
in our traditionalism, in our rituals, in the things that no longer work, in the playing church, in the jump, in the shout. When you get caught up in the ritualistic um, works and performances, we see that you are opening your eyes, or closing your eyes rather, and you're, you're opening yourself up to being able to be deceived. You're opening yourself up to deception. That's why we have so many Christians and believers nowadays who are looking and yet they don't see the things that are clearly in front of them. They are opened up to deception and it's time to kill that. So what does God do? He says, this is the time that the world is stopping, coming to a halt and the things of old are being addressed and the things today are being slowed down so that the rituals and the traditions will have to take a halt and you will see what's of me and will see what works and you will see what this time is coming to and you will be forced to either be stuck in your old ways and 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 stagnant or move on with me this is what the lord is saying in this hour so we have deceived ourselves because deception comes when you stubbornly look back at the at, at back the whole time. You should be preparing and looking forward towards what the Spirit is doing. But you're so deceptively looking back to the things of old. To the things that are comfortable. To the things that you think belong. That we no longer look to the future or look to the present time. How we are supposed to be able to be used. We don't do that. We no longer look. And now deception has infiltrated our churches we've been stuck with human rules we place priority on those man-made things as if they were exalted evenly with christ and the things of god's statutes this is where we have have gone off church this is where we have gone off we've deceived ourselves we are we are deceived amongst ourselves already so we allow deception in a to further infiltrate the church. We have become powerless. We are lowly. We have failed as a church. But now, my brothers and sisters, I'm saying that it's time to wake up, time to stand up and take hold of what has already been deemed ours through Christ Jesus. We have become double-minded, and now it's time to clear things up and to get rid of that double-mindedness. Man-made ideology and opinion has so invaded the church we begin to disqualify based on appearances. We begin to shun and belittle those around us because while they were meant to help us, they don't fit. They don't fit our our um what we our ideology, our opinion of what should be used and what shouldn't you be used. And those who were meant for greatness in the kingdom of God, those who were meant to bring you up to your destiny, bring you up to the next level, you shun them and you push them aside. And because they don't fit your culture, because they don't fit your norm, because they don't fit the things around you, because they don't fit the the um, barriers and the standards you have placed on them, because we lack grace, because we are so judgmental, we stop ourselves from movement. We stop ourselves from growing. We look at color. We look at qualifications in the physical. We look at accomplishments. We look at accolades. When all God looks at is the heart to qualify. And we think we're above God's ways. When God obviously says, says his ways are above ours. So if God looks at the heart, what, are we, what should we do? What should we do? When even God used a donkey to deliver a, a message, 
we love to control and dominate. We fear what might happen if we were to let go of the reins. We fear what might happen if we just say, Holy Spirit, take control. We refuse to let go of our pride to yield to those things. We refuse to let go of our pride to um, to let go of those people. And the Holy Spirit has his hand on those people and working in or through them. And we're so blinded by the things that our natural eye sees and our mind sees that we are no longer opening ourselves to our destiny. We shut off our destiny and we squash ourselves. While I was making that, uh, making this podcast, I heard this in the spirit. Um, I was thinking about the term, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me right then. And he said, no, but in Christ, in the kingdom of God, you die by the sword and then you live by the sword. Galatians 2.20 says that we have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but God lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have been crucified with Christ, meaning that the old man is gone, the old way is gone, the sinner is gone. By the word which is entering the entering of Jesus in our lives, we have been killed. And now we are resurrected and live by the Christ Jesus in us. We live by his actions, his finished, finished works, his grace, and we're able to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, show Jesus and all that he is in our lives. But what did he do exactly why he was here? If we're called to look like Jesus, what did Jesus do while he was in this on this earth? We are to step up, stop playing church, start being released to move throughout the world, start acting out this thing. We are called to move. We're not called to be stuck and religious in church, reading your Bible, jumping around, speaking in tongues, but the people come next to you, you hate on, you slander, you gossip, you backbite, you mistreat. No longer. Abuse is no longer accepted. We were called to know the Father through the actions of Jesus' works, all through revelation of the Holy Spirit. Through that relationship where we get to know the Holy Spirit, we get acquainted. We commune with Him. He moves us into action out of overflow. We were called not to attend a service to only go home to be useless. We were not called to be attending conferences only to go home to feel good and mistreat those around us. We're not called to do that and be nasty, be critical, negative, tearing people down. We are called to live this thing out towards others as well not only to ease our conscience and feel better because we attended some kind of quote-unquote service that quote-unquote spoke to us we have become hearers and not doers we have gotten so caught up with our life that we haven't got to be there for those who need us we have gotten so caught up in the doctrinal beliefs theology knowledge what is right and wrong what is seemingly holy in our eyes that we forget to extend grace we forget to look at the heart. We judge our worship songs based on theology, but we don't judge based on the spirit behind it and the heart behind it. We don't judge based on anything. We become uh, we become religious. 
Grace was not only meant to be received by us, but was meant to be given out as well. We aim for a churchy holiness that is without fruits of the Spirit. We are to bear the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 say what the fruits of the Spirit are. They are love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Again, those things aren't meant to be just received by us. But we've we've only received half a gospel. We've only received half. And we forget where Jesus mandates before he the ascension. He, we forget he mandates to, that you freely have been given. So freely you give. We were meant to give the thing, the fruits that we receive. And the people around us are meant to eat and to receive those fruits. Those fruits are meant to serve others. Look at them. They're servant. They're service actions. They're service things. They're things that no, no, not only affect you, but affect others. Fruits are meant to be plucked off and eaten or partook of. A tree is not meant just for yourself. We have forsaken the gifts of the Spirit. We've begun to shun the things that are meant to bring in and serve people. And we have purely relied on them to make our services more churchy, to appear holier. But the context has been skewed. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. This is starting with verse 4. These are talking. This is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. They've been given to believers by the same Spirit. They are different ways to serve, different ways to serve, therefore service. But they all come from the Lord. They are different ways the Spirit works. But the same God is working in all these ways and in all, 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 all people, not some, all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way, in a special way that is for good of all. To some people, the Holy Spirit gives message of wisdom, a word of wisdom. To others, the Spirit gives a word of knowledge. Others, gift of faith. Others, the gift of he- gifts of healing. To others, He gives the power to do miracles. To others, He gives the ability to prophesy. To others, He gives the ability to tell the spirits apart, discerning of spirits. To others, um, diverse kinds of tongues that they have not known before. And, and to others, He gives the ability to explain, to interpret those tongues. All the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit. He gives gifts to each person just as he decides. We are called to serve. Going by this scripture, we are called to serve. And yet few seem to be willing to do so. But we want to be served primarily. We look at these gifts of the Spirit. We look at words of wisdom. We look at words of knowledge. We look at prophecy. And we get caught up wanting to do these things because it's a quote-unquote proof that we are in operation with the Holy Spirit, but we forget that these things are meant to serve people and to bring people closer to the Lord, to keep the believers closer to the Lord, to keep them edified, to bring new people into be with the Lord. We are called, those are service gifts, and yet we've hoarded them and mis- misused and abused these gifts to try to be religious. We try to force things. We try to force things and we forget to yield to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is constantly serving. So why can't we? Why can't we? 
Why can't we? We have become a buck and a shout. We have played church for so long. We forget to be the sons and daughters of Christ. We have forgotten that we are mandated to tend to the earth from the Garden of Eden. Adam was given the world. He was given the world. Psalms 115 says that the highest heavens belong to him. But the earth he has given to the sons of man. Yet we, we are asleep. We let things happen. We do nothing. The church lets things go around, around around us and we do nothing. We are sleeping. We are blind. We are useless like the lukewarm lukewarm church in Revelation. We can neither soothe in our heat or refresh in our coolness. We have become salty towards the others in the wrong sense of the word. We are flavorless, religious, busted, repug, repugnant to behold. We are gluttons who receive everything we can but do nothing in return to bring those around us to Christ. And we do nothing to help keep those already in Christ through our discipleship. Mediocrity is no longer acceptable in the church. It's no longer acceptable. For we are in times that require us to operate at a different level we are in times that require the signs and wonders we are in times that require us to be sons and daughters out of relationship not out of action not out of soldier a soldier mentality not out of a slave mentality but sons and daughters out of a relationship we have been called friends we have been called children we have been adopted and again i say none of this to condemn I say none of this to do anything with any ulterior motive, but I have been led to say, wake up church. It is time. It is the fullness of time and we are to step up to our places. It's not okay to be bench warmers anymore when we were called to play. I say this with all love for you, my brethren, but again, it is time to wake up. We were not called to be ourselves. We were not called to be to ourselves, but to serve and to wash feet of those around us and bring the gospel to the poor. And speaking of the poor, this brings me to my next point. We become a greedy church that is too holy, too high and mighty. We have exalted ourselves to be so too useful to those who are in need. We're too useful that we no longer can help those who are in need. You see, back to what I just said, relationship moves us into pure religion. Not no man-made religion, not man-made religion, but pure biblical religion. Uh, pure religion is marked out in James, James 1, verse 27. This is in the ESV version. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Relationship is the walk and fellowship we have in Christ. Religion is the sharing of the gospel and our actions to those who are in need. We are called to do both, not one without the other. We're not called to just be in a relationship and not show religion. We were called to be in relationship and show religion and operate in religion, but not in the sense of religious in the sense that we are just stuck in church. See, one without the other is not okay. If you're stuck in religion without the relationship, you are stagnant, you are stale. If you're stuck in a relationship without religion, that means you have come to the place where you're no longer useful. Relationship is the walk and fellowship we have with Christ. And that relationship should be moving us to act. 
We were called to take our places as believers of Christ and stand up against injustice, stand up against wrong, stand up for the things of God, and yet we have let politics, personal viewpoints, racism, foul things enter the church when they were never meant to be there. We focus on the shallow things like how people dress, how they look on the outside, how they sin differently from you, and yet we don't offer a hand out to help. We just condemn, we rebuke, and we leave those people to die. What's the use of that? Where's the church that's all about action? Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. We were called to be the healing of those around us. To bring healing, to extend the same healing hand that Christ extended. But this is what we have neglected. Healing is multifaceted. Not only does the Lord want us to raise the dead, cleanse leopards, cast out devils, but he wants us to do the same thing in our mental arenas and help provide the same healing to those around us. We are to cast out the demonic thought presses and doctrines, traditions. We are to cleanse the illnesses, address the old... Um, excuse me, address and aid those who are mentally ill, we are to raise those who no longer have hope and feel dead inside. We have been shallow for too long, so I ask, how have you been treating those who are repressed and oppressed? How have you been treating those who are around you? See, healing is offered in all capacities to those who are in need in every area. Jesus rejected no man while he was on this earth. No man, but he could only do no mighty work for those who could not believe and had no faith. No faith means that they simply did not trust in him. They simply did not trust in him. Faith is the same, really, as belief. we got to realize faith is really the same as belief. So it's time to be the testimony God called us to be, to let God do a work in around us supernaturally so we may show the world that Jesus is alive, not merely in the logos, but the active word, in his active finished works. We must show that we believe in the Lord and we, we have faith in him, we trust in him to the point to where our actions show that God is near to the brokenhearted. Because he's been so near to you when you need it. When you need him, he's there. We have, showed, we have to show the world that we have peace in unsettled times. We have provision in dry lands. We have wisdom in confusing times. Clarity when things are muddy. We have all of that in the person of Jesus because he is all that. The gospel is to extend that person of Jesus in all capacities. It's time to step up, church. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for allowing us to come together today, allowing us to no longer operate out of just religion or just relationship, but to move and to intertwine the two to where we are living epistles to the world. We are living sacrifices and living out a life that is pleasing unto you. And we know that we are forgiven, but we are moving as if we have been forgiven. And we are forgiving others. We are moving and being the church and believers, sons and daughters we are called to be. I thank you that you're operating in the lives of those around us and in our own lives. 
I thank you for everything, your hand on our lives. I thank you, I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So that's all I have for today, folks. Uh, that is today's word. Hope it blessed you. Um, if you feel led to give as usual, go ahead and give or look in the, the uh, description of the YouTube video. There is a PayPal link for one time and a Patreon for uh, monthly giving. Um, if this has blessed you, feel free to give because we sow into ministries that bless us spiritually. Um, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to come to you. Uh, I know there were um, sounds and um, distractions during the video, so I ask you to please excuse that. Um, but just thank you in advance for all the support and all the love. And just, yeah, God bless you all. Bye. Bye.